Welcome to the Dash Mindset Podcast. I'm Sherry Ziedenbergen. You were born, you're gonna die, and your adventure is your dash in between. So make the most of it. Unlock your potential in all aspects of your dash by embracing your uniqueness and living in a way that's authentic to you. Not by doing more things, but by focusing on the right things. I'm a former corporate leader turned coach who's on my own journey, and I'm passionate about helping you on your journey too. So on the podcast, we'll explore how to live authentically by deciphering who you truly are and what you truly want. Are you ready to take a step toward designing your dash? Someday doesn't actually exist. So let's do it now. Hello, this is Sherry Ziedenbergen, and I'm so excited to have you here today because this is a topic we can all use some help on because every one of us experiences misunderstandings and every one of us is misunderstood in some way. So today we're going to talk about being curious about the other people in our lives and how to be curious in an effective way, in a way that actually helps us understand one another, in a way that actually makes relationships even better. So in my last episode, I talked about getting curious with yourself and asking yourself why you do the things you do, why you make the choices you make. Because even though you're with yourself 100% of the time, and you might feel like you should know yourself, you don't completely understand yourself. You don't completely understand why you operate the way you do and why you make the choices you make. No one does. I mean, none of us completely understands ourselves, at least not 100%. Something I may have said in in a previous episode, maybe it was the last one, is you can't read the label when you're in the jar. It's something my coach, Kristen Sherry, says, and I think about it all the time. So Kristen is the developer of UMAP, which is the primary tool I use with my clients. And I had a discussion with her in episode two. If you haven't listened to it, you absolutely should. Kristen is fabulous. So I don't remember. Maybe she said it then too. Maybe this is the 22nd time you've heard this. I don't know. But regardless, it's worth hearing again. You can't read the label when you're in the jar. It's hard to fully understand ourselves. Yet we're often quick to judge why other people are operating the way they are and why they make the choices they make. And we're often pretty confident in our conclusions, even though it's based on our our own perspective. And we don't even completely understand ourselves. So if you want to better understand other people, if you want to improve your relationships, whether it's a relationship with your boss, with your colleague, with your spouse, your kid, your neighbor, whomever, I encourage you to get curious, truly curious. And I encourage you to think about three things. First, get curious with yourself about yourself. Why are you reacting the way you're reacting to the other person in whatever the situation is? Get curious about your own reactions to the other person. Then get curious about the other person. And when you're getting curious about the other person, that looks different. So I told you, when you're curious about yourself, which I talked about in the last episode, I encourage you to step out of autopilot mode, which we all as humans get into, and ask yourself why you do what you do and why you make the choices you make. Now we're talking about getting curious with other people and why is the question I would encourage you to not ask. In fact, when you're curious about other people, just try to remove why from your vocabulary. Just try to stay away from it. Because when we ask about other people, 
and we ask other people why they're doing something, it immediately puts them on the defense. They feel judged. They suddenly feel like they're under interrogation and there's a spotlight on them. And no matter how confident they may have been about what they were doing and why they were doing it, suddenly there's a right or wrong response. And it's up to us to tell them which one it is. The other person is immediately hearing, explain yourself, and I'll let you know if your response actually makes sense. And that leads to a lack of trust and a lack of confidence in the relationship, whether that's our intention or not. That's what happens. And it often leads to the other person shutting down because defensiveness, lack of confidence, lack of trust, those put emotions on high. And when our emotions are high, our logic simply shuts down. Our brain is trying to protect itself. The word why can be a bit jarring, which can be beneficial when we're trying to break ourselves out of autopilot mode, when we're getting curious about ourselves, with ourselves. But it's far less beneficial when we're asking someone else. So think about the last time someone else asked you a question, why you did or didn't do something, why you made a choice you made. How did it make you feel when they asked you why? Probably not warm and fuzzy, right? I mean, obviously it depends on a lot of factors. The relationship, the circumstances, delivery, the mood you're in, the mood the other person's in, lots of things. And that brings me to my second point. No one ever knows the whole story. No one. We only know what we see. We only see what we see. We only know what we know. It's impossible for us to ever fully understand someone else and their circumstances. Even though we like to think we have all the information, we don't. We just don't. We have a very small slice. Everyone has their own experiences, their own beliefs, their own everything. Yet we develop our own story based upon the very little we observe. It's impossible for us to fully understand someone else's situation. As much as we like to think we can, we just can't. Regardless of what we actually see, regardless of what we actually think we know, there's always so much more to it. We bring our whole self to every situation. Everyone brings their whole self to every situation. No matter how much we try to compartmentalize, that's the way it works. If your colleague's baby was crying all night, she's probably bringing that to work the next day. She absolutely is bringing that to work the next day. If your daughter's friend made fun of her for getting cut from the cheerleading squad, she's bringing that to family dinner. Our experiences become part of our story. They become part of who we are. We don't just leave them at home when we go to work. No one leaves them at school when they go home. We take all of that with us wherever we go. So we have no idea what someone else is actually experiencing. It's not just based upon what we can see. And we judge based upon what we can actually see. We judge based upon other people's behaviors and results because that's what we can see. And the reason we do that is because our brain has a desire to complete a story, to make a decision and to move forward. And our brains hate uncertainty. So they make them up. And it leads to something called cognitive bias. It's not necessarily important that you remember that particular term, but it is important for you to know that it's something that we all experience. So what cognitive bias is, is our brain's attempt to simplify information and basically to make sense of the world. And as powerful as our brains are, they can only process so much. And we are inundated by information every moment of every day, especially now with the internet, 
with social media. I mean, our brands would simply explode if they processed all of it. And sometimes it feels like they might, right? Or is it just me? But yeah, I I think that's the case. They might just actually explode. So instead, our brands process what they can take in in a certain way. An example might be something like, if someone on your team is repeatedly late to meetings, we might decide she's lazy. We might decide, oh, she doesn't care. She needs to figure out her priorities. On the other hand, if we're late to a meeting, it's clearly because we were stuck in traffic or we got tied up in something else that was equally important, right? I mean, it could be anything. Another example would be, let's say health. Our brain might assume someone else has high cholesterol because clearly, you know, due to lack of exercise, he's not exercising like he should. And oh yeah, he mentioned Big Macs once and I'm pretty sure he eats at McDonald's all the time, right? We fill in the blanks. We don't even know there are gaps. We don't, we don't even know, but our brain fills them all in. But if we have high cholesterol, it's due to genetics, obviously, right? Luck of the draw, bad genetics, you know? Poor us, we just, that's the way it works. And just like everything else, overcoming cognitive bias, which is something we all experience, begins with being aware of it. Every human's thinking is distorted by cognitive bias. And given you are one, a human, be aware your thinking is distorted too. Just be aware of it. Then you can start to address it. It's huge in relationships. One way to do it is by asking yourself questions. So we're going back to asking yourself questions, which makes it okay to ask why again, okay? So why are you asking the questions you're asking? When you're getting curious with someone else and you're asking questions, why are you asking the questions you're asking? What is your expectation? Are you asking in an accusatory way? Are you looking for validation to what you already believe to be true? which is known as confirmation bias because our brain is so much more comfortable with that? Or are you truly curious? Are you truly interested in the other person and about making your relationship the best it can be? Often when we ask why, we have certain expectations in mind and we simply want validation. We're seeking validation, whether we realize it or not. Sometimes only a logical, justifiable, response will do. And we're wildly unsatisfied when we don't get it. And sometimes we're somehow surprised. I'll give you an example of conversations I've had with my nine-year-old. So there have been times I've asked my boys why they have or have not done something. And I'll ask with a why, right? I know better. (laughs) I'm telling you, don't do it. Here I am. I do it sometimes. I've asked my nine-year-old, why does the kitchen look like a war zone? You made a peanut butter sandwich. And oddly, when I've done that, I've never received an adequate rational response that left me satisfied. I know it's shocking. And every time I kick myself and ask myself why I asked it that way, and regardless of the situation or the person's age, that's generally the case when we ask why. So instead, I encourage you to remind yourself that you don't know the whole story. You never know the whole story. And I encourage you to be genuinely curious. Ask yourself, what do you truly want to know? What are you truly trying to achieve? Are you truly seeking to understand? If you are, 
rather than asking why, investigate in a different way. So what do I suggest you say instead? How about, tell me more about what happened. Or help me understand. Delivery is also something that needs to be considered. <laughs> Sometimes I throw some sarcasm in and I really have to watch that. But, but truly, tell me more about what happened. Help me understand. Those are so much better than asking why. And another thing to be conscious of is not throwing why into the mix at all. So something that's very easy to do is instead of asking, you know, starting a question with the word why, you might start with help me understand and throw a why in there. Still no good. So (laughs) I could have asked my son, the kitchen looks like a war zone. Help me understand why, right? Still no good. Instead, Maybe it's help me understand what happened or help me understand what led to the kitchen looking like a a war zone, right? Then listen. Listening can be so hard sometimes, so hard. A couple of weeks ago, my friend Jackie Payland came and spoke at a graduate class I'm teaching right now. It's a leadership foundations course. I'm having so much fun. I've had two classes so far. Jackie came. And Jackie is an executive coach and one of the founding partners of a company called Slingshot 25. And I highly encourage you to watch her, to watch her, that sounds weird, to follow her. (laughs) Well, that also sounds weird, doesn't it? To follow her on LinkedIn, both Jackie and Slingshot 25. They're brilliant and hilarious. And that's just one of my favorite combinations. So anyway, Jackie shared that one of the most challenging assignments she's had with her clients, or one of the most challenging assignments she's given her clients, is assigning them to listen. To listen to team members for one week without focusing on how they want to respond. And her clients have said it's one of the hardest things they've ever tried to do. So much harder than we think it's going to be. Yet, listening is one of the most valuable things we can do for someone else and for ourselves. It's valuable to someone else because it takes patience and patience takes time and time is finite and it's the only resource we can't get more of. So taking the time to listen shows people that we care. And sometimes that's all people need. Think about the last time someone asked you a non-accusatory question about yourself and what it felt like if they actually listened to your response. How about the last time you were asked a question and someone didn't actually listen to your response? How did that feel? A lot different, right? And another reason why listening is so valuable is because it benefits the listener too. As the listener, we actually learn something and gain a better understanding of someone else. Back to my kids, there have been so many times when asking a question and patiently listening to the response is one of the last things I want to do. One of the hardest things I could possibly do. But each time I have, the result was so much better than what would have happened if I had drawn my own conclusions finished my own story, shared my thoughts, and lectured. And as time-consuming as it felt at the time, as time-consuming as it ever feels, it usually clears things up so much faster. It might not seem that way at the time, but truly, it does. And if you're a parent, you've had those moments. You've had those moments, I suspect, when your son or daughter has refused to do something. And it's always when you're in a hurry, right? 
It's, well, not always, but usually, it seems like it's, you're usually in a hurry. And something that's absolutely necessary to walk out the door, like putting on pants. This is a struggle so much more often than he's in her house. For me, the first thing my brain wants to do is explain why refusing to wear a certain pair of pants makes zero sense. Oh my gosh, I've been in this place so many times. Explaining why it was his only pair of clean pants. Explaining why wearing his dirty ones just wasn't gonna work. Explaining that the clean ones fit just fine. And every time I've explained that, and the longer I explained, the longer it took. And the more he shut down and the less chance there was of him saying something like, you know what, mom, I hear you and you're right. These pants do look good. We better get going before I miss the bus. No, it has never happened. Instead, more tears, more frustration. And neither one of us understood. But the times I have taken a deep breath and calmly said, help me understand what you don't like about these pants without sarcasm. (laughs) I learned it was hard for him to untie that particular pair. Or I learned that he no longer wanted to wear red, even though the pants were burgundy. It was too close to red. Because last time he wore red, he cut himself with a pair of scissors. And not just any pair of scissors, but with safety scissors. So clearly he couldn't wear red again, because it was bad luck. And yes, this actually happened. And yes, he actually won't wear red anymore. So, It's easy to see when it comes to kids, but the same thing happens in our adult relationships too. Our confusion and frustration is likely not about pants. Maybe there aren't as many tears, but we have confusion and frustration. We have misunderstandings. We could focus on what we think we know. We over-explain. We under-listen. We understand less. And our relationships often worsen because of it. Sometimes they don't worsen, but they certainly don't improve. So if you truly want to better understand the people in your life, whether it's at home, it's your family, it's at work, wherever, if you truly want better relationships, get curious, genuinely curious. First with yourself, about yourself, then get curious about the other person. And when you're getting curious about the other person, investigate without using the word why. Why puts the other person on the defense, whether you want it to or not? So investigate by saying things like, tell me about, help me understand, and then listen, truly listen. You'll be surprised what you'll learn. You might even understand why your kid won't wear red. It will improve your relationships and it will decrease the number of misunderstandings in your life. And who doesn't want to do that? You know, we have a tendency to think misunderstandings and challenges in our relationships are due to other people, Right if they would just change. And we have a tendency to think it's due to differences in personalities. But our difficulty in understanding other people, our relationship challenges, our misunderstandings are usually due to differences in our strengths, in our innate talents, because they drive how we do what we do. They drive how we operate, how we live life. And when other people do it their way, it's baffling to us. I'll get more into that another day. But in the meantime, get curious. And I encourage you to learn more and subscribe to the Misunderstood blog at myumap.com. Myumap.com is M-Y-Y-O-U-Map.com. If you're not ready to commit, I get it. That's fine. Just take a look. You don't have to subscribe, see what you think. But I know it'll help you in some way because we all experience misunderstandings. And as confused as we are by other people, 
were equally, if not more confusing to them too. We're all misunderstood. And I just love how this blog helps us understand that. It helps us to see in others and in ourselves. If you'd like to learn more about how you could work through, and I love how this blog helps us understand that. And it helps us see it in others and in ourselves. So if you'd like to learn more about how you could work through your UMAP profile with me, reach out to me. I'm at the-mindset.com and I would love to help. If this episode helped you, who else in your life could it help? Maybe it's one of the people who's misunderstanding you a little bit or who you're misunderstanding, right? So please share, subscribe, and have an amazing couple weeks. Thanks so much for listening to the Dash Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player, tell your friends, and leave us a review. Follow me on my social media platforms highlighted in the show notes and get in touch with me at the-mindset.com. Share the topics you'd like me to explore in future episodes. Thanks again for listening to the Dash Mindset Podcast. We'll see you next time. Design and differentiate your Dash, your way, and make today amazing.